Oh, why not take a break? You can pause that game you're playing and instead listen to Nintendvania. Welcome to the show. This is a fortnightly Nintendo gaming podcast. I'm your host, Josh, or JT, if you like. And in this episode, we are discussing WarioWare Move It busts its way onto the Switch. Hang around to hear what reviewers have thought of the motion control-themed title. First one we've had for the series in a very, very long time. Mario Party 3 and a bunch of Halloween-themed games have arrived on the NSO. Got Wave 6 of Mario Kart 8 Booster Course Pass imminent. We're going to go over the tracks and all the new characters that have been announced for that. Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume 1 is on the Switch now as well. Um, we're going to profile the collection, um, how it compares on the Switch compared to the other consoles, and why it's probably a bit of a momentous occasion for the Switch to get this. A new patent is doing the round showing a 3DS Switch-like device. Is this what we're going to expect to see for the Switch 2? Probably not, but we'll discuss why. And for weird Nintendo, Sega wants to make Sonic bigger than Mario. I don't know how they're going to do that, but uh, we're going to deep dive into that one as well. And to help me navigate through this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest. This person is a video game industry analyst, collector, and co-host of the Nintendo Fuse podcast and the Premium Playcast. They're also a founding member of Premium Edition Games. It's my good friend, Barry Carenza. Barry, how are you going? Thank you for coming on to the show. Doing well, Josh. Thanks so much for having me. It's, it's always a pleasure. You're uh, fresh into, uh, is it uh, season seven? Do you call them seasons? These uh, new... Uh, we, we, we call them usually series, but series. some people call them seasons, and we do release them. Uh, we, we notice that more people that aren't part of like the core group are confused by series. So we release them in series in like seasons. Like we just had our fall direct and we call it the series seven direct. We just call it the fall direct. Not fair enough. It's uh, yet close, but a bit different, isn't it? The series and seasons. And so um, you just had that launch the other month. Um, Some other games have been announced as part of that direct Um, and some really cool ones. I think, uh, any card? Is that how you pronounce it? The Zelda-inspired um, action RPG, and then the Loson Village as well. So, what's what's it been like getting this um, all together for the direct presentation? Oh, <laughs> that is a lot of work. Uh, two months <laughs> of my life goes goes to writing, goes to working with with our editor, goes to you know making sure everybody in the team records, working with our video editor to to kind of piece it all together. Uh, working with developers to get trailers and to get, you know, audio clips or video clips from them. And, you know, it's a lot of work and a lot of, you know, oh, I can get it to you next week. And next week comes, hey, you know, uh, can we get something? <laughs> where, where is it? <laughs> um, but but it's it, it's a labor of love and it, it all pays off when we get to see people's reaction, you know, when we premiere it and stuff like that. Awesome. So that's been a good reaction to it all. Um, for for those who don't oh, know, yeah, this is a so. this is like a Nintendo Direct themed like presentation where um, uh, Barry and one of his uh, other um, producers talks about the upcoming games Multiple. and um, you know just uh, what, what's just coming me. up. It's a whole team. The whole, whole team. team gets involved in it. Yeah, and it's a, a very cool f- kind of fun video you guys put together for Premium Edition with these uh, new games, and so um, very worth your time. It's uh, putting these. Uh, digital games into a physical um uh you know edition so to speak and so you can buy these um get that little cartridge put into your switch and so it's always going to be there no uh, e-shop going down or anything like that's going to take it away from you when you uh, buy these games and so um that's awesome what's been your favorite game to sort of trial out of the ones that were announced 
Oh, I. That's like asking, hey, uh, you know, which one favorite kid uh, is your favorite kid? On honestly, they're all games that spoke to me. They're all games that I could not put down, you know, when testing them, and I was just like hooked in. I was like, oh my god, this game is so much fun. And the the rest of the team had the same feeling because we all have to play and we all have to, you know, gauge our interests and say like, oh, this is a game we want to want to stand behind and. Yeah, they're they're all fantastic, and they're you know have have slightly different genres, but uh, very good reception. And uh, you know the developers are the real rock stars. They did a fantastic job piecing this together, and uh, we're just happy to be able to put a bow on it. Uh, that's awesome. It's uh, yeah nail on the head there with the developers. Um, some really cool, interesting things. Um, they put together and it reminds me of a lot of uh, packs and uh, in Australia we had that the other week and all seeing all of these indie d- uh, developers showcasing their really cool games and some real gems um, out there for those to sort of discover so I would reckon really recommend um, people listening to check out premium edition games their latest direct um, to check out some of the upcoming releases um, Barry I've done a little uh, different thing when I get new guests on the show I kind of do like a little it's uh, in what I call um, ice climbers breakers, and so this is me trying to get a bit of you know who, who who's this person I'm um, having on my show, get to the listeners to know a bit more about you from maybe a Nintendo or gaming perspective, anyway. But um, I've got some th- questions for you, Barry. Uh, what's the best console generation in your honest opinion? I mean, I feel like this is a loaded question. I mean, <laughs> nostalgia, nostalgia has me, you know, with, with Gen three and four, um, you know, and, and uh, even Gen two. Um, but I have to honestly say, the current gen. The current. And one. the reason I have to say the current gen, is not because necessarily I feel the games are far superior, but because so many compilations have come out, so many you know, uh, remakes have come out that not only do you have great games that are native to this generation, but you have the ability, the access to play so many great games of yesteryear of previous generations in either the original, you know, format or in, in a remake. I mean, we just got star ocean two got a remake and it's, mm. it's wonderful quality of life. Super Mario RPG is coming out in like two weeks uh, of, the, of the time of this recording. Another great, you know, bo- both of those are, you know, a Super Mario RPGs with Gen 4 and then Star Ocean Gen 5. Um, you're seeing like this plethora of titles between the Switch, the PlayStation 4, 5, and, and the Xbox. More so PlayStation and, and Nintendo systems, I, I'm noticing for sure. Um, and I, I include PS4 in there, you know, it's last generation, which is weird to say still. Because there's mm. a lot of great games that, that came out there. And because it's backwards compatible with the PS5, I mean... It, it just keeps steamrolling. And that's the way it should go going forward. Um, you know, in terms of what was the best creativity, you know, or creatively, I can't really say because there's been amazing, amazing gems on every generation. And then there's also Superman 64s for every generation. So, uh, especially now, I mean, this, we really haven't seen something like this since Gen 2. Because Gen 2 is like the Wild West of video games, really. Because you had Atari, you had Commodore, you know, you had, you know, Fairchild, you know, you had all these, but there was like no regulations. So people Mm. were making games in their garages and they were selling them and there was no quality control. And the amount of titles released was 
insane, especially when you factor in the, you know, the 70s and the, the early 80s. Uh, you're getting that in a way now. It's just regulated because with indie developers, there's so many games released every single week that it is almost like a, a Wild West 2.0, in my opinion, which which helps make this gen even better because it allows, you know, the kid sitting there going, oh, I'd love to make my own video games just like I did as a kid and, and many others um, to actually be able to do that and not be like, well, I could, I could figure out how to code, but the only way I'm going to get seen is if I join Nintendo, if I join Activision or join THQ and work for one of those properties, uh, now that I can make my dream game and get it out there as an indie title, they can get it on uh, digitally on the storefront and then they can work with a company like, like us at Premium to get the game out physically. So I really have to say this gen is, you know, I almost feel like a cop-out because it's like, what's the best video game soundtrack? Well, Smash Brothers Ultimate, of course, because it's got everything. <laughs> it's like cheating. Um, but but it, I, I have to feel that way. Yeah, I, I, I think it's um, the same for me as well. And I think you've sort of summarized it really well. It's because, yeah, everything's accessible right now, isn't it? Everything we can touch and play and um, especially like for Nintendo with the Switch, everything they've done, this generation has been absolutely unreal and yeah, the compilations, um, not, not just that, but playing the old, everything Nintendo on the NSO, but uh, you know, the third parties have come to the party as well um, to, to allow the system to be amazing. Um, you know, don't know what it counts if uh, the Switch is always cross-gen, isn't it, with the PS4 and Xbox One and then what we've got now with the PS5 and, and Series One. But yeah, like you said, with the backwards compatibility of those other consoles, it's um, been a really great time. But uh, I suppose Gen 6, that's the one with the GameCube, Xbox and PS2, isn't it? I think that's a, that's a special one for me anyway, growing up. I suppose that's the nostalgic kind of lens coming into play there. But um, we had uh, two of the three consoles there and then I would always go to friends' places to... to play the playstation 2 as well and uh you know don't forget the dreamcast is part of that that's too. true that's true never got to experience the, the dreamcast but yes the fourth uh, pillar there as well and so that's uh you know that's when i felt co-op gaming and you know the start of online play and uh, land parties and all that kind of thing was uh, starting to come through and uh, um some some very fun memories for me with those back in the day as well a oh, very good barry um yeah. Uh, Mario Kart 64 or Diddy Kong Racing, are you on the, the fence with these or do you have a favorite one? I hear people are very strong one way or the other with these. You know, growing up, in the, in the N64 was my high school. So, you know, when I was over at friends' houses, Mario Kart 64 was always a staple. You know, the, the Black mm. Fort uh, was always just so much fun, battle mode and stuff. And But, you know, coming home, you know, without siblings that lived in the house. Uh, Mario Kart 64, like many other Mario Kart games for me, um, they kind of lose their luster. You know, you mm. do the 16 courses and you you get gold and you unlock mirror mode and you're like, okay, okay I'm done. Like, you know, the, the fun came with the multiplayer. Um, so for me, as much as I really enjoyed playing Mario Kart 64 with friends, Diddy Kong Racing blew it out of the water. Absolutely every way. Because that was a game that the adventure mode was awesome. It had great tracks. Uh, I loved the, car, the the switching between the, the cart and the, the plane and the yeah. hovercraft mechanic. Each track wasn't just a track, though, because you had the gold coins to collect. And you had to figure out how do you get first place and get all the gold coins. So that had a replay value. You had mm. the bosses. 
you had the extra bonus you know level you had the two unlockable characters you know time attack is in so many racing games but there was a reason to do it in Diddy Kong Racing to unlock TT, and that was a challenge. And it was that they added, especially as a kid, you know, you don't have a lot of uh, disposable income, so you get a game, and, and you're not getting another game for maybe a month or two, mm. so you got to really play it. And T- Diddy Kong Racing, like, I went for that. I unlocked TT because I was like, I could work on this slowly but surely. And then a lot of people don't even talk about the fact that Diddy Kong Racing actually has a second adventure. It has a Zelda 2 where you could play the whole thing again, but all the courses are now mirrored and there's silver coins instead of gold coins. And silver coins are in different spots than the gold coins were. And that was one of those games where I went through it twice because I had so much fun with that game uh, to get to get you know all the silver coins. Uh, and yeah, uh, there was a lot to it. And I would love a DKR too. Um, but in between the two, in terms of content, there's no question. Diddy Kong Racing uh, wins hands down. Yeah. Uh, with multiplayer with friends, you know, I could see the edge going to Mario Kart. That's fine, but it's it's a it's a short and sweet experience, and Diddy Kong Racing is a long, sweet experience. Yeah, there's there is a lot to it, isn't there? And and it is fun all round. Um, yeah, and you're right, Mario Kart 64 short, and uh, there isn't a lot to it outside of the multiplayer. So if you're by yourself, this is uh, probably not a you know, the one to pick. And so Diddy Kong Racing would be the one instead. Um, I really hope they get it to NSO one day. That'd be very good. Um, and finally, uh, your favorite WarioWare game. Are you a motion control uh, lover, or is it more the uh, input buttons that uh, has you fancy? I definitely prefer the buttons. Um, for me, I'd probably say the first one. And I'd just say the first one because of what it did. You know, like it was the first of its kind. And it was like micro games, what's this? And it was such a novel concept that it really captivated me. And I've enjoyed, you know, all the WarioWare games since, except maybe Snapped. Snapped was kind of weird. Mm. Uh, that was the uh, the little DSi WarioWare yeah, that thing. was not very, very good. Um, but I I think the first one just still holds up. I mean, the the WarioWare Gold is kind of cheating in a sense because it's got like so many again. Mm. But but and and you know, get it together is is it was fun on the Switch, but it was it was so different playing the characters in the micro games as opposed to hitting the buttons. But I like that. I like that the series changes it up. You know, Twisted had the the whole kind of rotating and and uh, you know, Touched had the touch add-on, and they were all good in their own way, except maybe Snapped. But uh, I still think the first, it just, it was so novel mm. and it, it set the bar so high because so many games come out and they don't become series. They don't, be, or don't become lasting series. And it, it, it proved its staying power and then even got a, a, an enhanced port to the game, mm. GameCube. Um, so I'd probably say that one. Yeah, no, I love it. The first one, yeah, definitely holds its... Uh... Um, value and uh, you can play it on the switch as well on the gba um that's a great time i have the gamecube one as well so that's the enhanced version um but you're so right it's uh, such a novel weird uh ip for nintendo and and to get all these constant games afterwards has been a really cool and awesome thing to play and experience because these games are so wacky and uh, you know it could feel like you know one of those things that you know maybe doesn't sell the most um, and Nintendo could just put it to the side, but uh, you know, every every few years they're putting out a new one. And uh, for those who are fans of the series, that's an awesome thing. So uh, I love it as well. Alrighty, um, before we I was, talk, I was almost scared that it wasn't coming back. 
<laughs> after the Wii U. After the game in Wario is like WarioWare adjacent. It's like, what's happening? Yeah, what's going on? It's part of the series, but it's not WarioWare anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of pseudo is and isn't in the series, isn't it? And it's, it's a weird one, that one. Um, yeah, not not the biggest fan of that one, but yeah, very glad they came back with gold and obviously get it together. And, and now today with the with Move It, which we're about to go through. So that's uh, doing pretty well, the series, which is what I really like to see. Um, before we get into Move It, though, I um, want to thank everyone who supports the show. Um, for those who do uh, money with money or with uh, any sort of views or you know likes, things like that, really appreciate all the support. Um, if you're listening on a... Uh, uh, podcasting app right now please feel free to rate and uh, you know um, tell us what you think of the show um, any feedback any ratings go a really long way really appreciate it any other ways you want to support the show um, are in the show notes as well so please feel free to check it out um, Barry before we go over WarioWare move it um, what have you been playing lately is there anything that you're really excited to sort of uh geek out about this is this is uh, my channel my way to get people on the show to sort of geek out about these games that they've been playing <laughs> yeah 2022 has been probably the best year overall uh since 2017 i'm gonna say i mean mm. we've 2018 19 20 and 21 22 all were great years all had some great games 2023 i feel has been complete non-stop Mm. with releases yeah, uh good releases so you know just you know mario wonder came out i, I did that uh spider-man 2 you know i just did that sonic superstars i just did that all great games uh, all fun i mean mario wonder is, is pretty much perfect except for i'd say it's length i want more yep and spider-man 2 is a, just a lot of fun i i really enjoyed it i did not do all the side stuff but i, I at least beat the story um Sonic, I, I did. I beat the first run through. I'm not. I'm not a big guy to run through a game a second time right away, uh, especially now. You know, as a kid, I did it more when I didn't get a game for a while. But now it's like, all right, I saw. I don't need to replay it. And so, Take it Sonic next. Superstars had some trouble with the bosses. I feel, yeah, next. Uh, like some of the bosses, especially later on, just drag and with no checkpoints, and I'm like, and, and one hit kills, and I'm like, uh. But but I had fun with it. It was it was a you know not a, not a bad game at all. Mm. And then uh, WarioWare Move It I I played, uh, which we'll talk about. And um, I'm currently doing Star Ocean Second Story R, and I'm hoping that I could finish it, if not before, right around the time Tales of Arise gets new DLC, which I was not expecting. And then Mario RPG after that. <laughs> oh man, this year I know right doesn't stop hasn't stopped. It has not stopped. It is not. It is literally, like, I was talking to a, a friend, and they're like, oh, Spider-Man 2 is my game of the year. I said, Spider-Man 2 is fun, but I don't even think it's in my top 10, <laughs> you know, because there's just been so many great games that have come out this year. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I just, yeah, honestly, yeah, on for, for me as well, um, Switch, at Switch at least, just uh, maybe beating 2017 or, or at least on par or just behind i don't know it's uh, obviously got a couple of months to go and there might be some surprises to come still but uh, um been such a fun year with all these different um games coming out and then yeah if you expand it outside of nintendo with the uh, you know uh, what we got earlier this year with final fantasy 16 starfield and then spider-man 2 all, all these other yeah. 
um, you know, the Dead Space remake. There's Diablo been some four. Diablo four. Yeah, Baldur's Gate three. Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> Crazy. Like it's so many. It has been a um, great year. What's funny is if you look at the beginning of this year, like if you look at the start of 2023, we went into 2023 knowing virtually nothing. We're like, mm. what is Nintendo going to do? Switch two has to come out. We know, we know virtually, we knew Tears of the Kingdom, and we we presumed Metroid Prime four and Pikmin four. Yep. And that was it. And we we knew that there was going to be you know Mario Kart DLC. And like that was it. We're like, what are we what are we going to have? And they came out swinging with Fire Emblem Engage, which also had DLC. They had Xenoblade Chronicles 3. We knew there was DLC. Future Redeemed came out way sooner mm. than we all expected. Yeah, it did. It was fantastic. Uh, obviously, you had Tears of the Kingdom. You had Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which we did we didn't know about early on, but yeah. you know that came out. We uh, and we had uh, Octopath Traveler 2, also early early in the year. Altelia Riza 3 was this year earlier, and we're like, okay, well the first half is at least good but what about the second half what what's mm. nintendo gonna have you know that and then you know we have the pokemon dlc entered the the arena and, and then the of course WarioWare, and uh you had detective pikachu returns come out mario rpg which we weren't expecting super mario wonder came out of nowhere um pikmin 4 did in fact launch and uh, you just you just started compiling mm. on and 99 on and on. as well bayonetta origins was a surprise. A lot of people forgot that came out this year. Yeah. Um, it was just uh, such a great year in the grand scheme. I think just as a Nintendo fan, you you pretty much have a game a month. Uh, and then that's that's just talking like retail releases, not even talking some of the smaller releases. Yeah. Uh, and then if of course you factor in third party stuff, it, you know it just it compiles. It just this so many. It's awesome. It's it's been great. That's right. Yeah, honestly, yeah, pretty well one a month, um, and then you know the NSO stuff in between that, and then um, some some of the third party stuff as well with um, you know um, Octopath Traveler two. Um, I know we, we got Sparks of Hope last year, but the DLC this year as well. DLC um, was this year. Yeah, yeah, and then um, yeah, Star Star Ocean. You know, other Square Enix titles coming out. It's been um, a, a, honestly a great time. It's uh, yeah, and and, and as Sony you know, covers these games on the podcast as well. I think sort of been a bit more attuned to it than the previous years. But, uh, you know, yeah, everyone was so doubting this year was not going to be good. They were thinking this was, uh, you know, that's it. This sort of the runoff year before the Switch 2 or whatever comes next. And I think I think that's kind of transferred to the next year because they've realised, okay, it didn't happen this year. Nintendo had a whole bunch of things up their sleeve to sort of release and, and show us. Um here in a bit, maybe next year will be the year, but we'll wait and see. And that doesn't take away uh, what twenty twenty three is delivered. So it's been oh no a great time. Really, really enjoyed it. And it's also weird. I've seen people do like memes of like Nintendo versus Sony versus Microsoft for twenty twenty three, and it's like it's like Microsoft has you know internally has like almost nothing, but like you know Starfield and and mm. uh, you know a few other titles, uh, and then like people put like Sony they they in too. But then they're they're putting stuff like Final Fantasy 16 and Forspoken. I'm like, well, those are Square games. Well, they're exclusive, mm. but they're not Sony games. They're Square. Sony really hasn't delivered this year. They delivered like a game, you know, a Horizon DLC. I forget if that that might have been earlier this year. Like that was it. But Nintendo has been like just internally first party stuff or or second party stuff has been really, really delivering, and uh, it's shocking because again, I went into 2023 thinking. This is going to be the equivalent of 
2006 for the GameCube or 2001 <laughs> for the N64 yep. or the entire Wii U lifetime. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like 2016 specifically for the Wii U, which was definitely the worst. 2012 for the and 11 for the Wii. I'm like, oh, yeah, here it is. Nintendo's going to do that standard. I'm not going to put out anything and save everything for the next console. And no, they they came swinging. And, and mm. I, I honestly think games like Detective Pikachu Returns and WarioWare were probably done for a little, at least a little bit. Uh, and they were like, we got to put these out before the Switch 2 comes out to to help pad the uh, the holiday season. Because especially if if the Switch 2, we'll talk about the, the rumored, um, mm. like the patent, but if the Switch 2 doesn't have Joy-Con or Joy-Con usage, games like Super Mario Party, Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee, and WarioWare Move It will not be able to be backwards compatible because they need Joy-Cons. So it's kind of like, get it out there now while people still have Switches and can enjoy it. And it's not, people aren't yelling at us because it's not backwards compatible. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. Um, Yeah, and potentially, you know, uh, that's right. Um, Depending what the Switch 2 has and what its its functions and features will be, that's that's right. You know, the, these games could be stuck on the Switch, or you know, if it is with detachable Joy Cons or anything like that, then uh, they could move across. But um, well, let's get into it. Uh, WarioWare, we've got a new game finally out. Um, so what we do on this show, it's called uh, New Release Acquired. This is where we profile and discuss all the high sort of. Uh, big Nintendo releases and it's WarioWare Move It. This one you do need to detach your Joy-Cons. You do need to uh, um, have one in each hand. Um, This is WarioWare Move It. You get to gently, you know, shake, punch, dance, wiggle and even curtsy through a multitude of micro games, each lasting for just a few hilarious seconds. Um, This one's different from Get It Together. That was all button presses. And this one, you're going to get into poses called forms, including the, um, you know, the confident fashionista or the chicken-like bakar, and then get moving. Um, There's an overview trailer that we're going to play now that sort of goes through the different elements of this game. Um, I was so surprised that this got announced earlier this year. This was what a, uh, you know, it's only been two years since the last WarioWare that we got on um, the Switch with the Get It Together. And so um, it's been a great time to try and uh, sort of, uh, you know, understand, um, you know, how, how's, how's this one going to be different? Why, why do we need another WarioWare game? Um, and so this one, you know, uh, very light on story. This is... What, what, what do you expect with a WarioWare game? Um, Wario gets a free holiday for him and 20 friends onto a, a paradise holiday island. And uh, you're just going through it, um, playing as all the different characters, um, each learning the different poses that you can do with the different Joy-Cons there. You can see in the videos here, you've got the archer um, and the different ways that they use the Joy-Con to sort of um, have these unique gameplay things going on. Um, a really cool one for me was the IR with the Joy-Con, which we no game really seems to use really on the Switch. This is the thing at the bottom of your Joy-Con, which I think a lot of people might not know about this. You know, the bottom thing on your right Joy-Con, um, you, you know, this is an IR sensor. You can put, you know fingers in front of it and it can detect you know you've got two fingers up things like that and uh, 
this game, WarioWare Move It, can use, utilize these sorts of features in this game, which is a very cool thing. There was one mini game where you sort of had to sort of uh, imitate what was on screen. It was like put two fingers up. As long as the IR sensor on the Joy-Con could see it and look at it, um, it could tell pretty well correctly what was going on. And so um, this just manic, really fun and charming kind of stuff where, um, you know, you're learning the different poses and uh, really it's a bit of a tech demo, I feel, for the Nintendo Switch that could have happened six years ago, but we're only getting now towards the end of it. Um, Barry, you've said you've played this game so far. What are your initial impressions of, uh, of this game so far? Yeah, I, I agree with you about the tech demo. It almost feels mm. like this could have been you know, like one, two switch style. Yeah. Um, I played through the story. Uh, uh, you know, I haven't unlocked all the mini games or the micro games yet. Uh, I don't know if I'll go back to it, but I'm, I've always been more of a fan of the button pushing. Yep. Uh, you know, smooth moves was fun, but I, I, I have a love hate relationship with motion controls. Like when motion controls work, I love them. Mm. And when they don't work, I get very frustrated and this game when it worked it was fantastic and when it didn't work it was beyond frustrating because <laughs> there are times where you lose a life and it's like i did it i did the motion uh especially talking about the ir sensor a lot of times i forgot to like i had my hands too close yeah um so like i'm doing a two and it's it's like it's not recognizing it or i'm doing a two and like my one knuckles a little bit higher so it's like oh i don't know what to do with that i'm like i'm doing two like if i did this to somebody they would know i'm holding up two <laughs> but you don't know it's two and then it's like oh sorry you failed and i'm like but i didn't fail it didn't read me but i didn't fail i did what was needed uh, so that's the worst part about it is that, that I feel it's still not perfect after all this time. Uh, the switching of the moves or the, the forms really took me by surprise, especially the ones where you actually have to drop the Joy-Cons, like, like the motion control where you have to drop the left Joy-Con and take the right Joy-Con in your left hand. And I'm like, wait, what? You absolutely have to have the straps on to play this. You can't just 100%. be, I'm going to do it without the straps. You need the straps. Um, but like I said, when it works, it works. And it's, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I did start playing this game standing up and I eventually found ways to play sitting down because it gets tiring standing up, <laughs> you know, for, for hours just doing this. Cause I, I went through the story in one shot and, and I was like, oh, you know, this, uh, I like the fact that if you fail, you can, you can come back to life by doing a special pose. And those worked for me all but one time. And I was really frustrated when it didn't. And I was like, I'm doing this. And then it was game over. Uh, there's a mode down the road where you don't even get that. You get four lives. And that's frustrating because when you fail a, a micro game, normally it's like, I screwed that up. But when you're doing like reel the fish and you're reeling in the fish and it's like, it's not reading it or responding to it. I'm like, but I'm doing the motion. It's more frustrating to me because I know I'm doing it. You know, like I'm doing that when, when you're asking of me. Uh, yeah. So it's good, you know, I, I think it could be a lot of fun. I think with kids and in a party setting, it could be fun, but I think it could, because it's motion control could also lead to frustration, which I would hope at this point, it would be more accurate, a little more accurate because it's, you know, the Wii came out in 2006 and it's 2023. And I would expect a little more accuracy this time. Yeah. It's um, I think sadly it's a bit of a hardware issue, isn't it with, uh, you know, there's no sensor bar, um, 
you know, and then the accuracy, I don't know, I think sort of takes a bit of a second seat in terms of the functionality and the practicality of having, um, you know, just the Joy-Cons and nothing else to worry about sort of sensibile-wise. And so um, de- definitely with you on the micro games motion-controlled because it's, it, you know, button pressing and moving a joystick is so much easier and I think more, and you know, easier for players to sort of understand and know what to do. Um, there's, there's always times with WarioWare, you're playing it for the micro game for the first time, it's three seconds and, you know, I'm playing it the first time and, I, you know, you sort of don't do it correctly at first because you're like, oh, I had to do that or, oh, okay, I needed to do this. And the next time you kind of pick it up and, you you know, you get better as you go on. Um, there is a little bit more with this where you're trying to, okay, I think I've done it, but then maybe the controller, you know, hasn't done, hasn't picked up what you've tried to do. Like you said, Barry, with the IR and your knuckle not being too close. Um, there was times when I had to get the IR, but I had it, you know, instead of the uh, sensor being up, it was turned down. And so it's um, blocked by the strap a bit. Um, it's not as high up. And so um, you got two, three seconds to try and get into the pose. Um, you have to be in the right pose a lot of the time. If, if you're kind of twisted a little or, you know, you're not doing the exact pose or roughly there, um, it's probably you, you, when you have to do the micro game, it's probably not quite going to go exactly how you planned. You might get through, but there'll be times when it's probably, it's, it's failed and you haven't been able to complete it. And so that's a little bit of a frustrating experience to sort of go through that and to try and, um, eventually work it out. Um, what I will say there, though, is there is a museum mode. And so this sort of, once you unlock a micro game, this will appear in the museum mode um, and you can go back to it. You can play particular micro games, which I think is very important for this to sort of go back there and um, practice it and actually get good at it and maybe try and work out actually how to complete the, the particular micro game because I definitely found times where I had to do that. I need to go back. I need to work out how to do this one. I'm just going to play it five, six times in a row. Okay, I got it now. I got to do this. Uh, This is how it works kind of thing. So um, there's a little bit of back and forth that's just slightly different compared to a traditional button pressing um, WarioWare game. And so um, you mentioned you played through the story. The story is very quick, isn't it? Which which is typical of a lot of the the WarioWare games. how did you find the charm or the zaniness in this one compared to other ones? Can't quite hear you, Barry, if you're trying to speak. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I thought the, the charm was on point. The zaniness was on point. There was a lot of, um, you know, like when you finish a game, you get like an extra scene or, mm. you know, and I thought it was funny. Uh, and then they, they changed too, which I thought was cool. Like one of them like break out and you got to like pull your hands and break out of the bar. Yes. Like you're in jail. And like when you leave, like the first time it was like the serene field. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I'm running away. And then the next time I did it, it was like a cafeteria. I'm like, okay. And the next time I did it, it was a, a bathroom with a toilet bowl. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this is awesome because it, it's really and it throws those things at you and they kind of catch you off guard. So I like that. Even even like ones like Animal Crossing, um, you know, like they showed in the trailer, like digging up the fossil, which yeah. I had. And the next time I did it, I had to hit a rock instead, like hitting it for money. And I was like, oh, they've it's the same motion, but it was kind of cool that they actually changed what you had to do. Uh, I like that. I like that there's variations on the different micro games as well. But no, the, the charm is there. The characters are, are funny. Um, Wario's new voice is weird. This yes. is the first 
new warrior voice. And uh, it's it's not Charles, that's for sure. It's uh, I don't know if this is going to be the lasting voice. I mean, it's not bad. It's just it's a little different. It's somebody trying to impersonate Charles's warrior Correct. for sure. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> it's it's Kevin Afghani, and he's the one who's Mario and Luigi, the new um, voice actor for those characters as well. So we've seen the credit for him as well. So he's doing Wario as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I was the same. I was like, okay, I, this is definitely different. He seems to speak a bit faster as well, I think, compared to Charles when Charles did Wario. Um, and so I think the Mario and Luigi, I'm not so... Um, I'm, I was like, that's fine. Like, it sounds like it. It's a bit slightly different, but I had no real issue with this one. But uh, the Wario one, slightly, okay, I had to sort of listen. Okay, this is a little bit different. Um, not, not, not sure if I really like the way, but uh, maybe next time Kevin might be able to sort of uh, refine it a bit more or f- find what works for him. But, uh, yeah, with you on I that. I think with Mario and Luigi, like in Wonder, I, I didn't really notice much of a difference either, but yeah. you're hearing really short bursts. That's right. Here, Wario is speaking complete sentences, and it's like, oh, okay, I can definitely hear this is different. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. There's uh, l- less room to hide when it's a whole sentence you got to uh, go through and speak instead of just a wowie zowie uh, thrown in every now and then for good measure. So um, we will see. It's not the worst thing. I don't think it's a deal breaker in, in any sense of the word to sort of, uh, you know, not buy the game instead of, uh, you know, um, and, and buy something else instead. But um, yeah, just, just uh, I, I think if, you know, I, I would love to be on the creative team working on these WarioWare games I just I just every time I'm just laughing and just it's this this the stupid things that they think of and do um at the end of each uh characters like maybe you select nine volts and nine volts Nintendo fanboy and so I always love doing these ones but there's always a boss battle at the end um can't remember the particular boss um the character it was for but there I was a mechanical frog um with candle arms moving around so I had to move the joy cons and try to melt ice while there was light or water trying to distinct uh, uh, extinguish my candle arms and so I had to melt ice in time to fire a cannon to sh- defeat the boss and I'm just like this is absolutely zany and crazy I'm just like trying to do these things and I'm in the lounge room just looking like a complete idiot I'm sure but um just very funny and cool, all these different ones. Yeah, e- even the plunger one, and then the the weird green turtle creature comes out. Um, as always, there's always a, a nose-picking mini micro game. That seems to be the staple in the series. But um, you just kind of want to turn through all these 200 micro games and, and just see what, what weird, wacky thing Nintendo and Intelligent Systems have sort of uh, come up with. Um because I feel they, they get the chance to sort of do this in this series, whereas they don't really do this sort of stuff in any other Nintendo IP. It's, uh, you know, a bit more serious and, uh, you know, they don't take the mickey out of themselves or anything like that. And I kind of think um, I want to show this uh, commercial that I've seen. Um, it's, uh, you know, Nintendo, you know, back like the old days, I feel like getting the chance to sort of be a bit more silly, a bit more, um, you know... Um, um, this might be a bit harder to sh- show without the audio, um, but, uh, you know, it's like, are you missing uh, micro game action? Are you, uh, you know, wishing you had a way to plunge your toilet more easily kind of thing? Um, shot in a bit of a, you know, a retro kind of looking um, old kind of a style. Um, it's, it's just one of those like old time ads 
back in the day, infomercial kind of things that they've done to sort of, uh, you know, advertise this WarioWare game. Um, you know, it's the new game. It's just shot in this old style. It's, uh, you know, Nintendo back in the day, you know, when they're trying to, you know, be edgy or cool or, you know, really like with Earthbound where they're trying to overtly, um, you know, make this a really disgusting, icky game kind of feel. I don't know. It just feels like... They don't do that these this game these stinks. these days. Yeah, this game stinks kind of thing. It's um Nintendo don't do this anymore. It's blue ocean, family friendly kind of um, you know, kids smiling or laughing, having a great time in front of the um the T V with their parents, but uh, you know, this is a full on infomercial, you know, you can buy this for fifty dollars and it's got the screen at the end. I just and I really appreciate, you know, just how different and uh, and wacky WarioWare is and uh, and what they can do with it. You talk about the zaniness, like in that commercial, they talk, they show the tissue box one. Yes. And afterwards, you know, a little girl pops up. When I did that the first time, there was a little man in a bed, like he was sleeping, <laughs> like you just disturbed him. And that caught me off guard because I was like, yeah. what the hell? You know, like that's such so random. But I'm like, okay, I can see where you're going with that. I mean, no, I love Nintendo embracing that style. I love that they're, you know, really honing in on what Wario what makes Wario Wario is the gross humor, the the, mm. the the childlike, you know, humor, and and Nintendo has, they've done things like that in the past, um, so it's good to see them, you know, really put that that took money. They could have easily just done one of those generic, you know, play a Nintendo Switch like these great games and just showed yep. clips of it, but that. That was that took writing, that took filming, that took editing, that took creative juices. I like that. More of that, please. Like keep keep going that way, Nintendo. Yes, and he here to that. That's like the N sixty four with with the mascots beating the crap out of each other yeah. for Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. Or or remember like Donkey Kong. I think it was Donkey Kong Country two or three, where the apes on the motorcycles and they were like on a biker bar and stuff. Yeah. Like do do fun things like that. Yeah, it 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 just really resonate with well with the players. I feel and uh, you know, um, yeah, exactly. More of that we would love to see. Um, Barry, I don't think you've played much of the co-op. I haven't either, but I'm really keen to check this out because this can be from two to four players as well. This game, um, and each person gets one Joy-Con. Um, so in the local party mode, you get to reach the goal without getting turned to stone by Medusa in the Medusa March, or there's a game called Galactic Conquest. This is, I think, a a board game with dice um, with Wario's very own rules. You get to move alongside your friends in these zany contests where everyone can have a blast playing games like Go the Distance. This is where players will put up their dukes for a rapid microgame gauntlet. And the Who's in Control game show, which is a four-player team-based guessing game that requires one team to watch the other and guess which of the opposing players is actually playing and which one is pretending. Um, so this seems a bit like a Jackbox kind of a themed-esque kind of games for you know multiple people to play together. Um, the, the one where you're trying to work out who's the one actually p- controlling the character in the micro game sounds interesting and could be a bit of fun as yeah. well. Um, yeah, full disclosure, it sounds like neither of us have done the multiplayer, but I'm keen to sort of check that out because it seems a bit of a, you know, the extra side thing to do in these games, which um, I, I didn't get it together. didn't quite have that. That was a very single-player kind of um, WarioWare, in, in my opinion, where this one is... It had a two-player, I thought. It had two-player, yeah. Um, but, for, but for a sort of... Sorry, I should clarify a bit more. A bit more like a party-themed four players in a room. This seems like the the way to go. So, um, 
keen keen to check that out as well. But um, yeah, just uh, a, a really fun time. I think you know, outside of the couple of little uh, controller issues, that maybe probably is more hardware than the actual game itself with the, the Joy Cons and how it works. I think this is just you know, if you're a fan of the series or you know even remotely interested in motion controls and how that could be fully utilized on the Switch, this is a, a really great um, game to play. Bit cheaper than your standard recommended retail price. This is a um, a bit cheaper in that regard, so not as uh, uh, high of a you know, entry fee to get into the series. But there's um, you know a decent amount of stuff here to keep you interested with the other modes, um, and I'm sure from the sounds of it could be a fun time with family and friends as well. So um, you know, uh, outside of that, Barry, what, what what's uh, what, what's your overall feelings and impressions of uh, of the game? I think if you liked previous WarioWare games, especially smooth moves on the Wii, then this is a no-brainer. If you are not a fan of motion controls at all, then you're probably not going to like it. Mm. If you're in between, then, uh, yeah, I think you should give it a shot. Uh, I think the thing that hurts it the most, besides the motion controls, is just the the, the brevity, how quick you can get through it. Mm. Uh, if you don't want to unlock all the mini or the micro games, um, you can get through it relatively quickly. I mean, you know, two hours or so. Yeah. Uh, give or take. So, if you're gonna spend fifty dollars and that's it, you know, that might be a little harder pill to swallow. But if you're you know, I want to unlock all the mini games. I want to play with my friends. You know, like you know, I didn't even think about the four-player uh, mode with friends over because, like that. Guess who's who's actually playing and who's not. I think that that could be a lot of fun, and that's definitely in Jackbox territory for sure. Um, I don't know how the micro games are going to work with just a Joy-Con because every one you play needs two. So I don't know how it's going to be with just one Joy-Con. I guess there there's exclusive. Uh, micro games for that yeah. but uh yeah we'll be i want to know if the people who you know if like you and i are playing on a team if we know who's controlling or we both just you know have to pr- act like we're really controlling it because we don't know which one of us is really doing it yeah it'd be funny to think that you're you think you're the one who's actually playing it but it's nuts no, it's, it's the other person instead or something you just get very very confused <laughs> by the end of it so i'm sure that could spark a bit of um some good reactions to it all and uh um who, who's done it so to speak so um yeah but by the time the next episode airs well i would have uh all i've played the multiplayer side of it as well and i'll, I'll give um everyone my thoughts on that as well so Fingers crossed uh, that's all good in that regard as well. But uh, as a fan of the series, having a really awesome time with it, absolutely loving it and um, yeah, keen to keep playing all the mini games and, and going through it all. So I'm glad that uh, you got Get It Together, a bit more button-based, and then you got to Move It, which is motion controls. I think that's a really cool, you know, um, split of WarioWare games for the Switch system. Because um, I, I like both in different... Um, you know, uh, quantities. I, I think I prefer the buttons slightly more, but um, I, I like having the other option as well with Move It as the motion controls and then obviously the long-lost, I suppose, sequel to Smooth Moves on the Wii, which was uh, um, my, my first taste of the WarioWare series back in the day, and I still have very fond memories of, of that one as well. Alrighty. Um, 
We got another one to showcase as well, another game series. And only because this is, I think, a very special um, edition on the Switch. And this is the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. Um, so this came out the other week. Um, you know, producer, um, you know, uh, sorry, uh, developed and produced by, uh, published, sorry, by Konami. Um, this is a very action-packed, collection here um you're getting a lot of games a lot of different um uh bonus material as well in this compilation um you're getting the original metal gear metal gears 2 on the nes as well as metal gear solid um and all of its vr missions and special missions um metal gear solid 2 sons of liberty and then metal gear solid 3 snake eater these are the hd collection versions um uh metal gear um the NES FC version as opposed to the other one I mentioned earlier and then Snake's Revenge as well. A um, whole bunch of videos like graphic novels and then other digital books and then soundtracks as well. This is a pretty, um, I suppose if you're a big Metal Gear fan, something like to have the whole compilation together is a massive thing. Um, for, for me though, I've never played the Metal Gear series and so this has been my first sort of introduction to it. Um, it's always been one of those ones I really wanted to play. I suppose I played a bit of Ground Zero, um, only a couple of hours, but nothing really in depth. And so this is, I, I would probably cl classify my first proper go at playing this game. Um, and so I played a good chunk of the original Metal Gear Solid that came out on the PlayStation 1 um, on my Switch. And so I wanted to pick this up on the Switch because... Um, Heard some, you know, is this is a bit different this version compared to the one available on the PlayStation Five and the Xbox as well in terms of performance. Um, what you're going to get out of it, and so um, Barry, first off, are you a big fan of the series, and uh, have you picked this uh, collection up? I never got into the Metal Gear games. I tried Twin Snakes on the GameCube, yep. and uh, it was fun, but it was it didn't hook me. I'm not a huge stealth guy, so yes, I did pick it up, but I picked it up more for the collection, um, you know. And I got the Switch version. I, you know, I'm probably will go back through, and you know, when they get cheaper, pick up you know one of the other versions because uh, as a physical collector, the Konami went really cheap with this physical, and it's really disheartening. Yes. Um, so on the Switch version is the only the two NES games are loaded on. You don't need to download them, but uh, the actual chunky games, the PlayStation One, Metal Gear Solid One, um, then Metal Gear Solid Two and Three, you <laughs> have to download them uh, on top of your cartridge. Which um, they can't be big games gigabyte wise. I'm thinking. I'm sure there would be a game. Uh, sorry, a uh, a Switch cartridge that could house all of this into one. Um, but yeah, like. You're, you're, you're correct. Konami's done the, the uh, tight ass, the cheap routes, and done a probably a basic, small size cartridge, and required you to download the rest um, onto your Switch. And so it's a you know a bit of a cop out in terms of you know it's a physical version of the game. It's not really. Um, I suppose you you get in the the cool uh, cover art, you know the physical casing, but uh, outside of that, um, not much is actually on the game card itself. And so. Um, Definitely something to keep in mind. Um, I don't believe that's the case with the PlayStation and the Xbox versions um, as well. Um, and then outside of that is the um, the performance issues with this game. And so, um, you know, I think if you're going to buy the Switch one, you're going to get the worst version compared to the other ones. Um, 
you know, Konami's made the decision to cut Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3's frame rate down to 30 frames for these games on the Switch. Um, and I don't believe that's the case for the other console versions. Um, it's a bit of a frustrating way to sort of uh, experience this game, I would believe, for veterans. Um, I've not yet delved into 2 and 3. I've just done the first game, and that was always 30 frames, I believe, on the PlayStation 1 to begin with. And so it's, you know, a bit of a true way to play it. But, um, you know, still not a great ideal way um, to experience it, I'm sure. And, and something I'm, you know... I don't know the technical know-how, but this seems to happen a lot on the Switch version of these games compared to other ones. You know, this is, you know, 2015, 2016 hardware, isn't it, with the NVIDIA graphics card? Um, you know, this is years after um, we're getting the PlayStation 2 um, and the, you know, PlayStation 2 versions of these games, the OGs. And so... Um, just a frustrating thing that, you know, might not be a deal breaker. And as Nintendo fans, we're probably used to, you know, the worst performing, you know, 60 frames hasn't always been a thing for us. And so, um, you know, maybe not a deal breaker for some, but I think for a lot of people, you know, why would you get the Switch version when, you know, if you've got a PlayStation, it's available right there. Um, Barry, what are your thoughts on that in terms of the performance and porting things to Switch and the frame issues that seem to tend to happen a lot? When it's older games like this, I feel there's no excuse. There's just none. Mm. The Switch is more more than powerful enough to handle this. All right, the Switch can do it. It has to be done properly, but it can absolutely be do it. And and it it just it feels like Konami was just cheap, or that the team I don't know if it was ported by a different team or or whatever that team got cheap, or they were inexperienced with Nintendo's hardware, because this is one of those cases where this is designed this collection is designed to celebrate metal gear solid or the metal gear series um that's why they're doing this that's volume one because volume two is is coming out Mm. and we already know that konami has a rough history with metal gear because of kojima and that very very messy falling out between the two so with that being said you would think to get in the good graces of the Metal Gear fans who feel alienated by Konami because of what happened with Kojima, they would want to do justice with this collection and do it right. And if that means they make $2 less per physical copy sold, then you do that for the fans to, you know, get out there and they could even do something where the retail version is the version we got but they make a special collector's edition with a bigger card and it costs a little more and it has other bonus goodies and do 5,000 of them and make it just for the Metal Gear fan or open pre-order and let the Metal Gear fans go crazy with it Um, there's money that they're leaving on the table and instead of being a champion and making good graces they are alienating and pissing people off again and it's like why why are you doing this again this isn't that hard to do you know it shouldn't i'm fine with the 30 frames per second but if the other versions are 60 make it happen make it happen on the switch but the the physical it's inexcusable like at this point this is this is not anything but a collection you're you're not going to get a lot of new fans from this 
this is for the people who love Metal Gear, want to replay it. Maybe they haven't played the MSX versions or they never played the NES versions or something. Um, do that because, you know, that's this is for them. You know, the average Joe Schmo is probably not going to care at this point. If they cared about Metal Gear, they would have played others or they would probably have a PS5 and they would jump in with, with Metal Gear Solid 5 or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the issue with charging $2 more, Barry, is that that $2 could be used in a slot machine that Konami owns instead and that's where they probably want you to uh, insert your money. Um, <laughs> Pachinko. Yeah, correct. And so, um, yeah, a little bit of a sour taste. Um, yeah, and a bit of a slack thing they've done. Um but, uh, you know, if it's worth the price of getting it fully portable um, and on, you know, on your Nintendo Switch as well, which, you know, has never, you know, outside of Twin Snakes and, you know, the NES, you know, games, it's been a very long time in between. Unless it was a, th- it was a 3DS game Metal as well. Metal Gear 3 had a 3DS. Yep. Yeah, the 3DS. Yep. Um, so Metal it's been a bit 3D. of a spotty kind of relationship. And so, you know, never had the original um a game on it even though we got a remake on the GameCube and so it's you know it's a really cool chance to sort of experience these games that uh, for a Nintendo fan that uh, probably hasn't overall gotten to experience which has been um, very cool um, in terms of my first playthrough of Metal Gear Solid um, sort of like taking back at how sort of you know cinematic and you know I think ahead of its time the kind of the game was um, with Kojima and uh, you know I think um Truly a, a, a great um, video game developer and creative mind, um, Kojima. Um, you know, one of, one of the greats. And so it's been, been very cool to sort of experience um, this game with his artistic direction. Um, you know, ev- even things like the it's the fourth wall stuff, you know, when you're discovering the codec numbers to dial um, and, you know, you need to look at the back of your CD case, they say, to sort of find one. And there's a screenshot of, uh, you know, uh, just a random screenshot with a codec number that you use to actually access the game. And uh, it's, it's, you know, some really cool um, uh, fourth wall breaking things there that sort of um, get you involved in in the game, so to speak. Um, it, it gets weirder and wackier than you'd sort of expect, um, kind of uh, larger than life at times. And uh, um, <laughs> even the first fight with the revolver Ocelot, you know, he's talking about how six bullets is... Uh, more than enough to kill a snake just then. But then he just goes around running, shooting more than six times, and, and he just says how he loves to reload. I just, uh, I, I was just absolutely laughing um, the entire um, boss battle. He's just running around and, like, reloading, and he must be having the greatest time ever um, as I'm trying to slowly trying to get his health down. Um, I, I'm really excited to play these games, um, you know, get get you know to finally fully experience them. And I think... Um, yeah, been been very very surprised by uh, how much I've enjoyed the even the OG one and how I suppose fairly well that sort of stands to the test of time um, to go back to and play. Um, seen some decent scores. Um, uh, the Metacritic is for the PS5 version. There isn't a Switch one out, but that's about seventy-seven. Um, and getting some really you know hearing positives of how it's great to have all games together with lots of bonus content. Um, you know, awesome for Nintendo fans to get this, but, uh, you know, the fact that it's only 30 frames for 2 and 3, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, um, it, it's uh, not, not, it's, it's lazy, really. Um, you know, uh, and so, you know, and the download issue for those on the Switch, you know, 
people who love to have everything on their physical cartridge, you know, it's a, <laughs> a bit of a slap in the face, so to speak. And so, um, yeah, it's, it definitely depends on your type of play, what you want out of this. Um, if you're experiencing it for the first time, want the best quality, or if you really want to play on the go, um, that will help dictate what kind of um, version you get if you do want to do it. So, um yeah, keep an eye out uh, for sales probably with this one. This will probably, uh, you know, eventually get a bit cheaper um, for those wanting to wait a little to get a cheaper price. Alrighty, um, time for the news. And so uh, the first one is um, Mario Party 3. So we're getting this finally on NSO. This got announced ages ago, I think, uh, late last year. Um, so now on this Switch, um, available to play Um a lot of people think this is the best one, Barry, out of the ones you can get throughout the series. Um, this is the last one on the Nintendo 64 before they, uh, before we got four on the GameCube, um, crazily enough. And so, um, you know, whereas Mario Party 2 is a lot of Mario Party 1 refined, this one's got all new mini games and boards and uh, um, other new experiences to sort of play through. Um, Barry, what are your thoughts on this Mario Party overall? Oh, I'm, I, 3 was great, and I'm glad that it's finally um, brought out for the NSO. This was announced so long ago, and, and 1 and 2 came out. And we're like, where's 3? Where's 3? Uh, so I think it, it's a great time of year for it, to be honest. Like, you know, kid gets NSO or, you know, Switch for Christmas, and, oh, play Mario Party, or even if you have it, uh, you know, oh, you're going to have friends and family over for Thanksgiving. Oh, it's boot up a game of Mario Party 3. Um, so I think they were smart in releasing it around this time. Mm. I just kind of wish they didn't announce it so early because we've been waiting. It's an incredibly frustrating release schedule for the Nintendo 64 games this year. You know, we got those seven games or so, I think, announced late last year. Um, and we got Goldeneye straight away in, in January. That was great. And then we had to wait about three months until Pokemon Stadium in April. Um, and then delays again before we got Stadium 2 um, and then Excite Bike. Um, and there was another one I'm forgetting in between. But, um, you know, it's... <laughs> I don't know if I want to know a year, a whole year in advance. Get excited for a game, then have to wait that long. You know, we're still waiting for 1080 snowboarding, which... I imagine it will come probably next month considering, you know, it's snowboarding. The Northern Hemisphere's, you know, it's getting very cold. It's wintry soon. And so that's the perfect time I would have thought to, to release that game. Um, yeah, don't, don't, don't tell me 12 years, sorry, 12 months ahead of schedule what the release is going to be. Um, keep, it, keep it shorter, you know, three to six months or something at most, I would have thought, you know, th- these are the handful of games you can come to expect um, and, and go from there. So, um I don't, I, don't, I don't even know if they... I, I really wonder if their schedule changes a lot and they sort of, you know, expect to, you know, maybe the Game Boy Advance, Game Boy stuff came... That was a, maybe a last-minute thing to bring sooner and that might have delayed the 64 schedule because I know they consider all things together with NSO and the games they do announce and do bring forward. But, um, no, th- 3 is very fun. I'm glad um, it is out now. I played... A game with a uh, Drew from the House of Mario and uh, Jamie, um, another uh, person on our Discord channels. Um, absolute crazy time. These sixty-four games get a, so crazy in terms of uh, the gameplay mechanics. Not just chance time, but um, 
the shy guy mechanic in this game as well. You can bet coins and uh, really double or nothing your game, um, your coins, and, and really go for it. Um, our, the CPU was on easy, um, so three of us against the CPU effectively were playing deep blooper C, and this, this board is incredibly hard to get stars in, and so we were so dry for stars in this game. I was lucky enough to find a hidden star on my very first turn. I rolled a two. Like, God damn it. And then I get, I get a star straight away. And so it's already the cheese of Mario Party on the 64 coming through. Um, uh, our friend Jamie had, had the best, you know, mini games and played really well. He couldn't really get stars. Um, but no, he was going to win the coins. He was going to win the mini games. And so that should have been enough with his coin score to win overall. But um, the CPU managed to, you know, roll get a star on his own accord, then steal one using a boo, somehow rolling everything right, and then somehow wins the most special spaces, the question mark spaces, and wins the game overall. It was one, one, one of the most weird games. Of <laughs> it was on Mario easy Party. too. <laughs> it was on easy too. So beats all these, I don't know. Oh, I would, I would, I'd say I could easily beat a, a medium um, CPU, but uh, on easy, it's it managed to beat us all. So it, it was bizarre, absolutely bizarre. But I suppose that's... Uh, the beauty of Mario Party, in 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 a way, I don't I don't quite know for sure. Oh, yeah. But, but um, no, nah, it's um, it uh, we had some internet issues with the connection, but I think that was issues on our end. But um, still still a very fun time overall. And so, um, do you reckon it's your favorite one, or do you have another one that you like better? Uh I like three. I liked four, and five, and. And I like the ones on Switch too. Uh, as long as it's not the f- not ten or the first one, and yeah. uh, the ten because it was just terrible, and and, and, bad. and one because my hands got blisters. Um, <laughs> I like the 3DS ones too. Even you know a lot of people crap on the 3DS yeah. ones, but I, I did enjoy them. Yeah, nice. Okay, so you fans of most of them then. That's good. Um, yeah, not nine and ten with the you know everyone in the one cart just didn't work for me. So yeah. I think um, Superstars and then Super Mario Party even a decent. Um, Superstars is amazing on the Switch and I, uh, I just want DLC for that. So hopefully that happens. They both happens. just need more boards. That's yeah, all, the, correct. The only negative about either of those games is we need more boards. That's it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I figure Nintendo's just going to release a third Mario Party game on the system and uh, here's your new DLC. Effectively, you pay 60 extra dollars to get that going. You know that's that's how I, I feel I it's like going to go. Super Mario Party had that mini game mode that was really good. Yes. I want to see that in more games, where it had like the you had to do them all, and then you had like different challenges, like oh, not just beat them, but beat them within a certain second. Yes, or, or catch this many. You know, like that was really good mm. because that that I like when they give you new objectives because it's just doing the same thing over and over gets repetitive but it's like oh well now I can't just rush through. Maybe I've got to you know get every coin in this game and like oh, I got to you know, try and do that. and it, it changes it up enough. So I'd yeah. like to see that mode keep going on. Yeah, just a, a slight twist, you know, just to mix it up every now and then, which I, I feel they try to do most of the time. But uh, yeah, in some instances, um, yeah, definitely not the case. So um, a good one for those on NSO Expansion Pack Plus to sort of uh, check out and experience for themselves. Um, we got new Amiibo finally. Um, so these uh, beautiful things, I'm going to get my screen shared on, uh, just now. We've got the Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda and Ganondorf Amiibo. They've just come out the other day. These things are glorious. I love the look at them. Um, 
uh, the Zelda one's great with the Master Sword there. And then Ganondorf is a bit bigger than normal as well. I've uh, only recently realized with the base. And then I think it's even got that a heftier price tag, so to speak. And so um, I'm picking these up today because I forgot to pick these up on Friday when WarioWare Movie came out. Uh, my EB Games uh, usually text me the day before a release comes and that sort of uh, reminds me. Um, I'm good with the actual games announcement dates. I'm all over that, but I just forgot. And so I got home that day and like, God damn it, I've forgotten my damn Amiibo that I pre-ordered. And so... Um, that's where I'll be picking them up later today while I've still got the pre-order sort of a hold-off period. Um, yeah, these are great, Barry, aren't they? I, I love the detail in these ones. Oh, yeah, they're they're fantastic. Mine, mine came in Friday, and I was really, like, looking even at the picture, like Zelda's stand, it, like, it arches back, and it's like, wow, this is thick, this is strong. Good. This is a long way from the Link P stand yeah, that yeah, we, uh, we started with. <clears throat> yeah. Got got uh, Ganondorf's stand. It's it's interesting because he has that base on top of the base in it. Yeah. Um. But it, they they both are fantastic, and the, the quality is top notch. And you know it's almost bittersweet because you know there's there's six amiibo left that we know of because Splatoon three is coming soon, and then Xenoblade three and and Sora to finish off Smash. And I don't know if we're getting any more amiibo. Like this could be it. Oh, don't say that. Oh, I've had. Uh... You know, um, I mean, we didn't get a Mario Wonder one. In fact, I don't think Mario Wonder even used Amiibo. No, and correct. No like, functionality. That's shocked. Yeah, I, I no functionality. Elephant that's, Mario was that's just WarioWare doesn't either. No, correct. I, I, it was yeah. just begging for it though. Elephant Mario wasn't it? I just thought that would have sold so well. People would have gotten all around that. Even the Drill Mario or the Bubble one, just just the different power ups. I think that would have been a, a great uh, home run for them to do. But um. Ooh, are you are you thinking next gen is uh, not going to have NFC kind of functionality and uh, amiibo? No, I dis- I think next gen is going to have, but I don't think I I don't think there's either if if there are new amiibo, they're going to be few and far between, and if anything, they're just going to reprint previous sets. And the reason I think that it's going to have the functionality is not necessarily for Switch two games, but for Switch one games. Because it's like, oh, well, you you know, you didn't get a Switch, and now you have a Switch 2, and you want to play Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild. You can, but you, we block you. So cheap in the systems that they're, I could see them just. Throwing. Sorry, I think I lost you a little bit there, Barry. Um can hear you now. I think you're all good. You lost me. Did you hear what I said? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Last 20, 30 seconds. Oh, no. <laughs> I said I do think that the Switch 2 is going to have um, the NFC reader, but possibly not for Switch 2 games, but for Switch 1 games backwards compatible. So if someone picks up Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom, you know, they didn't get a Switch, they want to play it on the Switch 2, um, they don't want to be without that functionality. Yeah. So the okay. chip reader itself is cheap enough that I feel they can just include it in the system. Um, if there are new Amiibo games uh, you know, for Switch 2, I can see them maybe doing one new Amiibo per game and yeah. then just reprinting. Like for Mario Wonder, I would expect an Elephant Mario and then functionality with the previous 
Mario set amiibo, but we got nothing. We got nothing in Detective Pikachu, nothing in Mario Wonder, nothing in WarioWare, and as far as I'm aware, nothing in Mario RPG. And that's pretty telling. Yeah, I mean, Pikmin 4 as well. Um, I think maybe most of the games this year haven't had amiibo functionality, really. Um, can't think of, you know... Um, obviously, Tears of the Kingdom did, and that was a massive one. Um, uh, Fire Emblem Engage did. Uh, did it? Kirby did. did. No, no, I don't think it did. Maybe it didn't. Advance Wars didn't. Kirby did. Kirby did. Bayonetta didn't, I believe. Metro Prime didn't. Metro Prime didn't. So I think most Bayonetta games this year did didn't. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's needed for role, but, uh, you know, and for me, it's not really the use in the game. It's more so the collectible piece of it. Um, well, if, yeah. But even even if you look at the, the Amiibo still coming out, right? Tears of the Kingdom being the one exception. Um, but then you have Splatoon 3 Amiibo. Splatoon 3 yeah. used it, but that was last year. You have Xenoblade 3 Amiibo, but Xenoblade 3 was last year. Yeah. And you have uh, Sora coming, but Smash Brothers was years ago. So all the existing Amiibo that are still coming out are ones for previous uh, year's games. Yeah, they, they can't they can't seem to have it at the same time as the game. It seems to be like it comes later, um, which, you know, I think... I don't think it helps sales for the for the amiibo first and foremost because I think that's sort of you know, um, it, you might be able to sell some people to buy the amiibo when they first bought the game and they want the new pickups and while they're playing it fresh and so, um, mm-hmm. they've they've definitely got an issue trying to get these things designed and made and out there early enough. I I, I, I honestly wonder if it's the just majority a- of people. I was gonna say the majority of people that are buying the Zelda amiibo that are buying this. Two and three that are buying the Xenoblade three and they're buying Sora are buying it for the collectability yeah. of the figure and not for the amiibo functionality because yeah. the people have already finished those games and Tears of the Kingdom could be an exception. I could see people who have to wait till Christmas to get Tears of the Kingdom. Maybe they're going to have these amiibo uh, as part of their Christmas gift. Yeah. Fine, but they're the exception, not the rule. You know, most people who have who have already done Smash or Xenoblade or Splatoon three. Um, the Amiibo were nice, but again, I, I think people are just buying them either because they're full setters or they just love the series and they want something on their shelf. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that's uh, yeah, definitely the case. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I still, yeah, just not going to sell as many, are they, doing that? And so, um, you know, that's just Nintendo being Nintendo, though. That really doesn't surprise me in the grand scheme of things. It just seems to be the way they go about it sometimes. Um, all right, the next one we got is the this new Nintendo patent. And so um, I'm going to share this article from Nintendo Life. Um, they were really good enough to summarize this. And so um, this is doing the rounds at the moment. This is um, this newly, you know, patent showing a dual screen kind of device that is detachable as well. And so you'll be able to take this top bit off. Um, and have um, dual screens, you know, whether both tablets could be used as different devices, you know, may- maybe give one to a different player and play a game together. Um, might be the idea behind this, but, um, you know, this is uh, one of the more weirder ones that has just recently um, been filed. Um, sorry, I say recently been filed. It was only uh, November last year when it was originally filed, and so it's only just coming out now, a year later, this uh weird 3ds switch device here um 
you know, a bit of technical talk about what it's doing, but um, and then it closes like a clamshell, and you've got the screen on the other side as well. Um, so it looks a bit like a weird kind of meld of things. Um, does not line up with the Switch 2 supposed what that's going to look like and um, no talk of this whatsoever in those sorts of rumours. And so whether it's, this is just something you know that they just do to protect their own property and we might not see the light of day or maybe we see this in a different form for something else, who's, who's to know? But um, definitely a weird one out there. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Barry? Um... I'm not terribly a fan of it. Yeah. Uh, and one of the reasons why is they said like, oh, to do docked, uh, you know, it it streams it like to the to the TV as opposed to like an actual dock, and like I don't like that because that means I pretty much have to play with this, and if the if the connection isn't as good because you're you're, you're not connected via wire, um, the signal goes out. Like there's a lot that can happen. Um, I I am a fan of clamshells for portable. Yes. And I think that's one of the things, like with the Switch, I did not bring the Switch around nearly as much as I did like the 3DS or the DS because I could clamshell, you know, full, close it or even the GBSS, GBASP and put it in my pocket and or put it in my backpack or put it in whatever and it was fine and I could just pull it out. But here with, with the Switch, it's like, well, does things could, can easily get damaged like i absolutely have to have a cover or put it in a case so i i hope they're not trying to to screw this up and what i mean by that is a lot of times when a console maker gets it has a successful system the follow-up is nowhere near as successful and sometimes yep. it does things weird and we to wii u is, is a prime example of that um with nintendo i mean the 3ds to the ds was fine it didn't do as well but the 3ds did feel like an evolution this doesn't feel like an evolution to the switch this feels like an evolution to the 3ds and we don't want that we want an evolution to the switch correct it's um yeah if it feels like a you know a weird backwards forward step you know um uh, yeah i don't think you know this wouldn't be the thing that helps nintendo you know continue its big momentum from 125 million switches sold now until the, the next generation i don't think that's what that pattern we just saw is going to do it. And so, um, yeah, I'm definitely with you on the clam. I I, uh, I think, you know, if they had some sort of clam, like if they are going to do double screens, I don't know. I think, you know, do you just keep, make the tablet dual screen? I, I don't know. It, is that going to sell double. consoles though? Is it just going to confuse See, people? Also, yeah, no. do people really want it? I confuse just, yeah, I, I think it's just too much. Uh, double maybe. screens... I feel like double screens are weird now. Like the DS and the 3DS worked, but it also created complications when bringing games to other systems. Mm. You know, there's a lot of great games on the DS and the 3DS. And while some of them have come over, um, it's usually the ones that only utilized one screen, really, yeah. uh, that made the most of, of being able to brought over. Because some of them... They use like the verticality and like you you can't do that or or it it just it just changes it becomes harder for developers to do that and right now with the Switch if a game's coming out on PlayStation Xbox and Switch they like Metal Gear they might have to make some uh, tweaks to make it work on the Switch but to ask them to make a whole second screen's worth of content yeah 
This is the Wii U. That's what happened with the Wii U. So many games didn't utilize the Wii U gamepad, and it was just the same screen on both Mm -hmm. because they were making it for the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox. And they were like, well, we're going to put on the Wii U, but this is how it's going to work. We're not going to do extra work. Why should we do extra work and spend extra money? Um, It's not going to sell any better. Um, So that's all we're going to get. And it's (sighs) Nintendo. That's one area where Nintendo falters for me is when it comes to third parties, you want to make your system as friendly to them yeah. to port and to bring over as possible because you're going to get more third-party companies say, we'll put our game on your system as well. But if you make it too difficult, you're going to get your diehard partners that have worked with you for a while, but a lot of other companies may be like, you know what, it's just not worth the effort. I mean, look, Activision didn't even come to the Switch, and they admitted that was a mistake. Um, they sure as hell wouldn't do something with this now. No, Why that's should right. they reinvent the wheel again? No. The only, you know, the Wii was different with the motion controls. That got ports of games. Like, they actually made new versions for the Wii. Yes. But the only reason they did that is because the PS2 and the PSP existed, and they were able to bring those versions to those systems to at least, you know, maximize their profits on this new development, this new version. If the PS2 was completely dead and the PSP didn't exist, the Wii would have gotten a lot less ports. And the Switch, that's it. There's, there's, we're really down to three systems now. So there's no other system to bring the Switch to. And I know there's like a game like the Evercade and stuff, but when it comes to the main things, it's just the three. Um, they're, they're not going to. They're not going to, uh, to. I say they're not. I'm sure there's going to be one that's going to be like, I'll do it to prove you wrong. But, uh, the majority are not going to do it. No, it's, um, yeah, definitely. And yeah, that's right. They've just worked out. They found the sweet spot now with the Switch. They know that, you know, they've, uh, you know, focused on the portability aspect of it all. And um, people really love that. And it's one screen. It's really simple for developers to, you know, create their games and to get it on there. And, um, yeah. I think they think they've you know worked out that's that's the winner. Adding the 3D or adding the, the double screens will just uh, make it weird again and uh, alienate and uh, really really sort of uh, minimize the the playing group. And so, um, I think that's what we're expecting to see. You know, just more of the Switch for this next gen one, the Switch Two. You know, just a more powerful one maybe, and maybe one slight thing that uh, makes it a bit different compared to the Switch in terms of um, features, but. Uh, wouldn't it be expecting too much more outside of that? Nothing like a dual screen or a you know um, really weird peripheral. So um, we shall see. This uh, it's got to be soon, doesn't it? So ne- next year, sometime we've got to hear something for it's a Christmas or okay. holiday release. I would have thought. So um, we won't have to wonder too much more. I would have thought. Um, alrighty, a couple more items to go on the news. Um, we got some Halloween special games for Nintendo Switch Online. And so these are um, the basic tier ones for the Game Boy and the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, the original one. And so we're getting some really cool ones um, coming along. This came out on the 31st of October. And so we've got um, first one here, I think, is Castlevania Legends. So this is the non-canon Castlevania that is not in the lore anymore. This is the third Game Boy game that came out on that system after um, the first one and then uh, Belmont's Revenge, that second one, which is is the better one of the Game Boy games. Um, Played a little bit of this one. Um, 
it's definitely a Game Boy Castlevania game, that's for sure. Um, don't know too much more on that. I'll go through it uh, eventually over time. Uh, this one, Devil's, well, Devil World, is interesting. This is the one that people you know might know from Smash Bros, that assist trophy that moves the, 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 the battleground everywhere. And so this is... Um, uh, you know, I think I don't think it's ever had a US release before. So this is the first time that um, people in the US are able to play. I think I've got a, a PAL, a European game as well, um, which is really cool. And so, and then the final one is this one, this mysterious Murasami Castle, which um, I th- again I don't think came to the US. I think this was I don't even think this went to Europe either. So I think this was a pure Japanese only release. Um, and so, a very cool. Some, I think, some bit more, some like weirder ones that people wanted to see, especially Devil's World and Murasami. There, I think, um, I think, uh, what is it? The notable one was Devil World because I think that's um, Shigeru Miyamoto was director for that one. I'm pretty sure back in the day. Um, yep. And then um, Murasami Castle. I think uh, uh, Sakurai wanted to make a new IP entry for this one um, when. Sp- spoken to you about you know what would you like to bring back to life and so i think he was a fan of um that game back on the nest or the where you would have played on the famicom um back in the day so um what do you think of these ones barry are there any ones that really tickle your fancy or your fans of have played beforehand this this is a great list um just because it's you know stuff that is mostly forgotten about or we didn't get and uh, mm. it's great to to have access to them i uh, like you I, I messed around with castlevania legends and uh it is definitely a game boy castlevania game with the yep. slow scrolling and they're <laughs> going through doors and everything and and it's it's kind of boring <laughs> it's just kind of not a lot to it trudging along like yeah what yeah not a lot to and it it's yeah. interesting because it's not a lot um this was not included on the castlevania and you know the, the collection yes that's right and and it's it's you know you're really you kind of see this pattern where games if games get a collection on the Switch uh, they're not going to NSO. Um, a few exceptions being like Sonic 2 is on NSO that was that was done before the you know Origins and they said they're going to leave Sonic 2 there, but you know for the most part like none of the Mega Man games are there because it's a legacy yeah. collection. Street Fighter isn't you know really there because it's Street Fighter collections. So you you know you you haven't seen any. The other Castlevania games because there's the collection or Contra for the same thing, but I guess Nintendo might might have reached out to them and said, "Hey, um, this Castlevania game was never, never put out there. Can yeah. we do this one for NSO? Can we get some Castlevania love?" So I'm happy it's there because it's preserving in in a sense. I mean, I say that because you don't really own the games, no. but at least it makes it more accessible for people to play and and to try. So I'm happy to see that as well as the other two. And, and I hope to sit down with devil world and especially, uh, more massive castle, uh, down the road. It's just, like I said, there's too many games right now. And it's like, (laughs) those are, those are the games I go to when I have a, I have a couple days in between. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Just, just to try it out at least between uh, the big, uh, releases that are coming soon. Um, I'll be doing a similar thing. I played a bit of Legends, and so, okay, okay, I've got the experience for it. I know what it's about. Um, definitely just more of Castlevania on the Game Boy. Um, and, yeah, great, great to sort of play it because I've heard about, you know, it's uh, not, not canon anymore for what happens in the game and sort of, you know, like you said, not part of the anniversary collection. So I'm like, okay, I hope I could play this one day. And so really great that Nintendo's been able to talk to Konami and get it on the NSO, which is really cool. And then the other two just to play, just to sort of experience them as well because... Uh, it's just one of those weird, weirder games that you sort of hear about and never, you know, got to experience. And um, 
again, best part of NSO is getting to try these things at, uh, you know, no extra cost if you've already got a, a subscription. It's, uh, you know, you just uh, um, put it down, play a bit of it, and uh, that's the best part of NSO for sure. Um, final item, we've got the Wave 6 DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. This is the booster course pass. And so um, we finally know what all the tracks are going to be in this 48 massive DLC waves that we've had throughout uh, 2023. And so um, getting a whole bunch of courses is the Acorn and the Blue Shell uh, Cups. Um, the big one is the Mario Kart Rain- sorry, the uh, Rainbow Road for the Wii. Um, have very fond memories of this one back in the day playing this one. Um, we've got a lot of Rainbow Roads uh, on the um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, total sort of track um, list now. What, there's 96 tracks now? Something like that. It's a pretty unreal number of um, tracks to go through. Um, we've got a lot of uh, tour tracks in this wave as well. So I think uh, the Madrid one um, being one of them as well. And so... Um, uh, that's right. Yeah, there it is. Tour drive in Madrid. We've got um, uh, DK Mountain for the GameCube. I loved this one growing up with Double Dash. This is a, a really great time. One of my favorite tracks on that one. Uh, Daisy Circuit on the Wii. Um, that's an underrated one too. Um, Piranha Plant Cove. This is a Mario Kart Tour track. And then uh, getting Bowser Castle 3 on the SNES, um, reimagined in 3D. And, and then uh, Rome Avanti is a Tour one as well. Um, and then Rosalina's Ice World on the 3DS for Mario Kart 7. So a little, uh, you know, extra bonus there. I don't know if I'm too excited overall for the tracks. DK Mountain's the big one for me, but maybe outside of that, I'm not too sort of amazed by it all. Um, we get the new characters as well. I think Pauline, Diddy, and Funky Kong, and then Peachette, I think, which is Peach and Toadette added in together. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Barry, for this uh, final wave? Toadette with the crown. Toadette with the crown, yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, I. I liked it. I mean. I. I think it's. It's what we expected. Um. It's sad that not all the Rainbow Roads were included. I think you know people were like, oh, cool, let's get all the Rainbow Roads there. Um. But uh, glad to see Wii's come over. Um. These are not to be unexpected because they're all in tour. So as an avid tour player, it's like, all right, yeah, like all these courses are already there in tour so yeah. it makes sense because that's how they've done it like all the courses have come from tour um and i'm glad because there are still a lot of people that never played tour and yeah. they can try madrid rome and Piranha plant cove uh, which are all fun tracks and i love what they do with the tour tracks because there's three versions of each of them um and they make each lap of them be the different ones yeah so it's like Rome one is lap one, Rome two is lap two, and Rome three is lap three. I like that because it really adds this new variety, and you're kind of getting three tracks in one. But no, I think it's it's a good overall um, mix. I mean, you got Super Nintendo, you got 3DS, you got Wii, you got GameCube uh, in here. I I would still want more. I mean, I would love all the tracks to eventually come, and I'm praying that Mario Kart 10 is 
all the tracks from Mario Kart 8 with the booster packs and then brand new tracks and the missing ones that never came over. Bring that out. Let's do it. Let's make that a, a thing. So, um, you know, I'm happy. Though it's great value. It is an insane value. It is a 96 tracks. is is a stupid amount of tracks. Correct. Uh, yeah, it's um oh, yeah great value. And then if you got um NSO expansion pack, that's free for that as well. So I had to pay an extra dollar or cent to allow to play these um tracks. And so yeah, completely unreal now. How many tracks and characters now and different um modes are in this Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? It it really is uh, living up to the I, deluxe I will now. Say, I will say I, I wanted Dixie Kong. Dixie Kong should have been yeah. there instead of Peachette. But yeah, make it a whole Donkey Kong kind of oh, well. a theme would have been <laughs> cool. Um, you know, and then maybe another classic Donkey Kong track or something. Um, uh, but yeah, DK Mountain's a great one as well. So happy that one's there. Um, yeah, just just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and I, I love the tour tracks in these games as well. While they're you know. Um, uh, I th- I've heard criticisms that they're just cityscapes, but I think I think they're really cool in terms of the three different yeah moving tracks. I, th- I think that's awesome, and uh, you know no other tracks in the Mario Kart series had done that, and um, um, yeah, r- really great to see. So um, comes out uh, later this week, the 9th of November, um, and so uh, this will be it. And uh, I think we're all done now and ready for Mario Kart 10 next year, hopefully, because it's time. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just in time for the holidays. It's perfect. Perfect. And they use this. I think they were smart to leverage Tour to extend the life of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe um, for the Switch's life. And, uh, you know, moving on to to the next system, Switch 2. For all we know, Mario Kart 10 could be a launch title for the Switch 2. We'll have to see. Yeah, um, that's where my money is. And I think that makes a lot of sense and would sell a lot of consoles and uh, copies of that game straight away. So, yeah. Oh, it's it must be in their front drawer, just ready to go. Just uh, pop it out, uh, publish it, and uh, and away you go. What a thought! Um, at this rate, but in in all in all of that, it's been great to have uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe all updated, I suppose. Um, uh, throughout this time, especially the last couple of years, just uh, with these uh, DLCs, because that's um for such a big game with such a high install base. Um, to not have that extra DLC outside of the Wii U version. Um. I think, uh, you know, it's definitely deserved and uh, has definitely, yeah, great, great point. Kept um, it alive and then Tour alive as well, I'm sure. A lot of people would have, uh, you know, playing this might have wanted to check out Tour as well in the meantime, sort of check out the extra other tracks that you can sort of experience. And so, um, yeah, really, really love when these new ways have come out just to sort of play for a few hours over the weekend and, and to check them out. Alrighty, uh, we are up to the last segment of the show and it is time for Weird Nintendo. So this is where I look at anything weird that I come across or, or funny or something that I get to sort of uh, talk about in depth a bit more. And this is from uh, Sega's executive director. I, fu- I found this very um, interesting for, for a number of reasons. Um, we all know that uh, Mara and Sonic have had a long-lasting rivalry Re, you know, uh, you know, it's um always, you know, uh, Nintendo does what uh, Nintendo, what Sega does. Um, we've had, you know, 2D Sonic, 2D Mario battling it out, trying to be the supreme game, but also Sega and Nintendo trying to be the supreme console. Those wars are done. 
Nintendo's probably emerged victorious, but uh, Sega probably doesn't want to try and uh, rest. They want to try and surpass my, uh, Nintendo's main mascot. Um, and so Sega's executive director was quoted just the other day saying, simply put, I want to surpass Mario. Sonic was a game originally developed to compete with Mario, and we have yet to achieve that because we respect Mario. My goal is to catch up and surpass him. We want Sonic to be played all over the world, including Japan, just like Mario, and we want the movie to be a bigger hit than Mario. We also want to build a Sonic attraction in Universal Studios Japan. That is my goal as a Sonic lover. Um, is, is this one of those KPIs as you have as a job that's never going to be achievable, but you've got to have it anyway as an aspirational goal? Um, he's, they're dreaming, aren't they? This is never going to be an actual pipe dream, an actual reality that you could work to, to achieve, I would have thought. Barry? No, um, they had a chance with the 16-bit generation, and they really pushed hard. Um, I remember going to an event back in like 1991, I think it was, where Sega was putting on this show, and they were showing off the Genesis, and here's all this, the, the games to play, and they had this big stage in the center, and they had several Genesis there with Sonic the Hedgehog and they had several Super Nintendos there with Super Mario World and they were just like look at how much better ours is and like all that was like is like this is not the way going the way you think this is going like Mario World is a better game <laughs> like like it's they've always tried and you know it's been that rivalry but yeah the problem is is consistency it's not that a Sonic game is worse than a Mario game. It's that overall the track record for Sonic games is all over the place. You have some really great games, and then you have some really, really terrible games. And even the great games, they're shorter experiences. Sonic is a it's a speedrunner's game. You know they, you know you can get through a Sonic. Like you can pick up Sonic Two and beat it in like you know in, in two hours, an hour maybe, um, versus picking up Mario world and you you can beat it in a couple hours if you do the minimalistic thing and you know all the levels mm -hmm. um but in reality if you want to complete it you're talking a good good chunk of time and even just recently mario wonder as short of a game as it is is miles ahead of superstars in terms of length and the movies are great i love both live action movies mm. uh i love the cartoons you know sonic uh, on on netflix is a great series it's it's going strong but in the end of the day mario was like the number two multimedia game franchise just behind pokemon and sonic is nowhere near in that i don't think it's anywhere in the top 10. so they could dream that they could want that and you know what they could make it happen but they need to work their ass off and make sure every game is like nothing short of an 11 out of 10 <laughs> for that to be. That's right. It Yeah, what they're currently doing just doesn't work. Um, and yeah, like you said, the, the game's been so spotty over the years and uh, um, to try and sort of match what Nintendo's done with Mario, just, you know, absolute sublime quality. And every time you know when you're buying a Nintendo game, especially a Mario game, it's going to be an amazing, fun experience um and just something they just haven't done for sonic and so um definitely got the work cut out if that's uh, definitely what they want to do um but uh you know actions speak louder than words and so uh, 
bit of uh, investment and time has to be given to allow Sonic to sort of uh, breathe and sort of uh, flourish like that because um, I, I think I've seen sort of recent studies that's like with the um, with with the younger gamers that Sonic really resonates well and, and at times resonates better than Mario as a character. This sort of flash, like I'm I'm really fast. I'm gonna like speed around and run around everywhere. I think Sonic's got that um, can have that sort of a resonating um, ability with younger audiences. And so um, definitely don't think it's an issue with the character and uh, how the character is portrayed and looks and anything like that. It's uh, definitely how good the games are and, uh, you know, all the external wider merchandise and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, I would not want to know how far down the list Sonic is in terms of uh, the IP and, you know, like, like you said, Pokemon and Mario being the massive ones that you see and so the multi-billion dollar kind of uh, um, money that uh, <laughs> those IPs bring in is pretty phenomenal and so um, if, if uh, Sonic was able to do that that would uh, definitely help out Sega a lot and make him a bigger bigger player in the landscape of everything and so um, yeah I think uh, you know Barry someone who's uh, sort of grown up in that sort of 90s console war Era that would have been a you know an interesting thing to sort of experience and go through and, and now game companies get a bit more chummy uh, these days and they're a bit more handholdy and they're getting along and there's no sort of rivalry like there uh, used to be so it's um you know sort of sort of sparking a little bit more of a competition kind of thing that uh, haven't seen for for a while there so um yeah that's a uh, there's a famous Australian but movie I just looked it up yeah. What I just it? looked it up. Sonic the Hedgehog has has sold a total of a hundred and sixty point four million dollars in sales for the game. So over a hundred, you know, it's over a hundred million copies sold. Um, Mario has eight hundred and thirty-two point three seven million. <laughs> it's about over yeah. you know, at least two hundred fifty million copies. So it's 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 like six times six more. Times. <laughs> something like six six point something times more. Um, yeah, like it's a long way to go, and it, it would be impossible as long unless they stop churning out Mario games. And if anyone saw the last direct, all they're doing is churning out more Mario games. Oh, that's it. More, more to come. Correct. And so, um, Paper Mario, Luigi's Mansion, Peach, Mario RPG, <laughs> WarioWare. Yeah, that, that's right. The whole universe just uh, churns out games, and then. Uh, I think everyone was surprised to see we've got a new 2D Sonic, I think, as well. It's, uh, you know, they're expecting uh, uh, Sonic Mania 2, I suppose, but uh, we got uh, Superstars instead. It, Superstars was good, but yeah. you put it out three days before Wonder, and it's oh, like... Um, what do you expect? That's stupid. I mean, uh, yeah, that, that that's them probably trying to get the bit of a rivalry, isn't it? Uh, three days in. It felt like hey, a, look, the 90s, didn't it? Hey, you know what? Sega just clearly didn't learn their lesson with the Saturn. Don't launch early. <laughs> no, no, evidently, evidently not. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they were thinking three days before Wonder, but uh, that's all right. Um, they got the work cut out. I would love to see them, uh, you know, really try for it and uh, you get some really, really good Sonic games out there, but uh, we shall see. But um, Barry, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Really appreciate it. You've been awesome as always. Been on my show a couple of times now, so always appreciate you coming on uh for those who want to know more about you and and what you do where can their uh, people find you sure so you could find me on twitter blue sky and fuse at hawk hellfire 
You could also find me with my Nintendo Fuse crew, uh, social media at Nintendo Fuse, as well as NintendoFuse.com and YouTube.com slash Nintendo Fuse, where we do bi-weekly live podcasts every every other Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and then, of course, Premium Edition Games. You could find us at premiumeditiongames.com, where you can pre-order the latest Series 7 titles, which is Lonesome Village, Sunshine Anthology, and Anujard, as well as buy a bunch of previously released games that we have in stock. Uh, those numbers are going down, but we want to make sure that people can get their copies, so make sure to pick up some of those games today. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Premium Edition 1. That's the numeric one. Everywhere else, Premium Edition Games. Awesome. We'll have all of that in the show notes as well for those wanting to find more Barry and uh, Nintendo Fuse and Premium Edition Games as well. So, yeah, check that out if you really want to. But um, thank you, everyone else, for listening. I think we're done for this episode. Next one, we are going to go all over Super Mario RPG. I'm super excited to play this finally. Uh, had it on the Wii U, ready to go before the shop closed. Didn't need to in the end because it's coming out as a new remake in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, I want to see what Gino's all about. Is uh, why, why do people like Gino so much? I'm going to find out. We're going to talk about it in the next episode of Nintendania. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and bye for now.